Hello, BWF Nation. Welcome once again to the BWF Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, The Bitch. And before I get into what we are talking about this week, I just want to say thank you to all of our listeners, especially to all of the 20 states and provinces across North America and everybody over in Europe. Thank you very much for listening and putting up with our foolishness every single week. G. Patrick Condon, my co-host, please tell the great nation what our topic is this week. Hi, Aaron. Thank you for that lovely introduction. Before we get into that, I got to say, if you want to get in touch with us or you want to find us on any other platforms, you go to the BWFpodcast.com website. From there, you can connect with us, you can listen to the archives, and you can stay in tuned and stay subscribed to what we got coming up. And you're going to want to stay connected because what we got started here is going to be an epic tale that will last four, five, six episodes spread out over the span of a year or two, I think. It is a reign of stories. It is infamous. Time to play the game. It's the reign of terror. Time to play the game. <laughs> And that's about as much as we could play before a copyright strike. Yes, we are doing Triple H's Reign of Terror, ruined wrestling for us from about 2004 to... I mean, I stopped watching wrestling before I think the reign officially ended. How about you, Aaron? It was brutal. It was insufferable. It was the worst of times. It was the Reign of Terror. We are going to start the Reign of Terror... In my opinion, I think it starts around 2002, so that's where we're going to pick it up in this episode, but right. it does go on for years and years. This episode, it truly is the good, the bad, and the ugly as we go through the feud with Shawn Michaels. Then we go to the storyline with Scott Steiner before the WrestleMania match with Booker T. Yes, and I'm hoping that like we've had in the past that our uh, look back, our retrospective look back, will maybe be uh, more kinder than our memories will allow. And maybe it wasn't as bad as what we thought it was. And we will come away with an appreciation of Triple H really holding the show together for almost uh, half a decade or so. Oh, I almost forgot we're going to have the Katie Vick angle too. This is where Triple H fucks a mannequin on TV. And so, see, I mean, this is... that's, already, that's already aged really well as far as I'm concerned. I mean, that's uh, it's classic now, you know? Oh, God. Yeah, we'll see how it holds up, man. I'm... <laughs> All right. God. Anyway, now, at least John Michael stuff is really good. Yeah, it starts off pretty good. So I'm, I'm excited for it. And like I said, we'll get to it. And then uh, we'll move on to other stuff and make sure to come back. Keep the audiences coming back for more. That's podcasting 101 as far as I'm concerned trivia i can't remember if you said that we were going to do something this week or not we are going to do something but it's gonna be something different do you know what the score is hell yeah it's uh 43 for me so seven away but i think i only got one right last time and you're at 21 and you've been on a bit of a tear because everyone that i get wrong you get a point right that's right yeah, but so, we're going to do something a little, little bit different this week. So this week, if you win, you'll get seven points and you'll get to 50. Yeah. If I win, I'm taking 10 points because that's how I roll. 
I'd give you 25 points if you want. If you win this week, you can, you can pull past me and you could be one point away from winning if you want to. But what do you have? What do you have? What's the game this week? We're going to have a little race. So I'm going to have a topic, 1990s Intercontinental Champions. We're going to go back and forth and name them if we're any longer than two or three seconds. Gone. Eliminated. Okay. Okay. And so we just keep going back until one person can't name one. Exactly. Yeah. So okay. yeah. Great. Two, three seconds tops. If you if you get stumped, if you can't think of anything, get a brain fart, you're done. All right. I'm ready to go. Are you? Yeah, you can go first. Okay. I'm gonna start off with Tito Santana. Mr. Perfect. Scott Hall, Razor Ramon. Bret Hart. Shawn Michaels. Marty Jannetty. Ahmed Johnson. Goldust. No, hold on now, wait. <laughs> oh, no. I think we should start again. I mean, we're we're really not taking up any time with this. All right, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll be a good man. I'll count that as a practice run. Yeah. We, All right. Well, we, Great. Okay. That's what everybody knows. You always do a practice run first on a new game, for God's sakes. Okay. okay. And now are we sticking with Intercontinental Champions? or And you know what? Yeah. I, it was Tito Santana even an Intercontinental Champion in the 90s? No, he was not. <laughs> he, wasn't even, he wasn't even. It was like 85, 84 or something. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, my God. I was like your very first. My piece. very first one. I was trying to be cute. Okay. What do you uh, think so, of the perfect beat Santana in the tournament final for the IC title? So yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right. We could do it again now. Do you want me to start? Um, I can literally see what you're doing right now with the list of Intercontinental Champions <laughs> on the screen. You cheating son of a bitch! <laughs> I'm not. What are you talking about? These fucking glasses, man. All right. No, 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 no. You're sharing the screen with me. I can see you pull up Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you pull up Wikipedia. The list of the Intercontinental Champions. This is the kind of guy <laughs> my co-host is. <laughs> Fuck, that's an invasion of privacy, Bishop. You're not supposed to be, you're not supposed to be looking at my screen like that. All right. It's a data breach. Okay. Holy fuck. Okay. Look, I'm man enough to admit you got me. You got me red-handed. But uh, but I've changed as a person now. I want to apologize to you, Aaron. Um, that was a hurtful thing. Pat's going to pat. Jesus. <laughs> All right. I'm ready to go. Are you? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> Is that list off your screen? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, good. All right. All right. Okay, I'll go first. God, I can't believe I forgot that I was sharing the fucking screen. Okay, uh, Mr. Perfect. Red Heart. Ultimate Warrior. Marginetti. Uh Razor Ramon. Shawn Michaels. Ahmed Johnson. Goldust. Double J. Owen Hart. The Road Dog. Badass Billy Gunn. The Rock. 
China. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. The Godfather. I will go with Jericho. Chris Jericho? Um... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Ken Shamrock! Ken Shamrock! <laughs> the horn already played, my friend. Oh, damn it. Damn it. Now, you know what, though? I mean, you gave me one. I don't know. Did you throw that competition? No, I didn't throw the competition. That's How much fine. time do we yeah. eat up there? I mean, that's a good game. That is a good game. I feel like, you know, let's do two out of three. Let's do it one more time. And do you want to do, I don't know, WWF champions? Was there enough for us to be able to go back and forth with that, do you think? Or oh, yeah, for sure. Um, do you want to do what? The sick of the 90s again? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what we're known for. Everybody knows us as those 90 guys. All right. Sounds good. I guess I'll go first this time. WWF champions of the 90s. Here we go. Hulk Hogan. Ultimate Warrior. Sergeant Slaughter. Brett the Hitman Hart. Yokozuna. Bob Backlund. Ric Flair. Stone Cold Steve Austin. The Rock. Kane. <laughs> Undertaker. Mother, uh, Mick Foley? Yeah. Triple H. Triple H went in, in before 2000? Yes, he did. Yeah. The fucking championship, didn't he? And was there any other? Vince McMahon? Big Show. Did Big Show win it too? I was gonna guess that. Yeah. Um, I don't. That's a. <laughs> was there any more? Good, good game. Good game. Boy Diesel. Months. Can't believe he didn't say him. Oh fuck yeah! And then Brett, did we say Shawn Michaels even? No, we didn't. No. Oh man. There's okay. So many. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll give you twenty-five points for that. That boosts you up to a good. You are now at 46, so you are winning now. <laughs> <laughs> so next week is our main event, I guess you could say. Yes. Yeah. But good game. I like that. That was good. That was good. Still can't believe that I was sharing my screen there. That's... That was so funny. Oh, my God. Man, when am I going to learn? And you thought it was your glasses. You thought it was a reflection of your glasses. Yeah, I know. Well, that gave me away before in previous times, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Oh well. That was actually one of my favorite game show trivia whatevers that we've ever done. Good game, Bishop. Feel invigorated. You claim that somebody said last week that trivia is is one of their favorite parts of the show. Yes, You're they really enjoy the trivia and the gargling of the liquor. Oh yeah. All right. <laughs> We'll keep that around. It's been a couple of weeks since we did that, you know. But in the meantime, we do have viewer mail now. Aaron, you've had a couple of emails in the last couple of weeks, a couple of spicy emails. As we know, we like to do a couple of wrestling questions and then one stupid one. Do you got any questions this week? Because I got a couple. Yeah, I got a couple here. Yes, Aaron. Please let us know the very first question of this segment. Hey, guys. Great podcast. First time listener writing in, just wanted to get your opinion on who you think is an underrated or even a great wrestler besides McFoley that took big bumps. Now that is a good question. 
it is a really good, interesting question from Mick Foley's time, because the people are doing kind of the Mick Foley stuff a lot more these days. You could say that Chris Jericho has taken sort of the bumps that uh, Mick Foley has, and he's only really started doing that in the last five, six years of his career. Like he's done the top of the cage bumps and stuff like that. And then I don't know. I mean, in the nineties, um, like who uh, you know oh god uh mike awesome did a lot of crazy stuff uh anybody that was coming out of ecw did crazy stuff that weren't necessarily good workers my answer for this question is none other than spike dudley oh yeah yeah he took some really gnarly some really gnarly bumps remember him getting tossed out of the ring a whole bunch right yeah uh, Bam Bam Bigelow, his favorite thing to do with Spike Dudley was to pick him up over his head in the ring and then throw him out into the crowd. The crowd would catch him. Yeah, I mean, that's Spike went through so many tables. Um, he got just beat the shit. If you go on YouTube, man, and just anybody who has never seen Spike Dudley right now, go on YouTube and just look up Spike Dudley's greatest hits or greatest bumps or whatever, and you'll see a highlight reel of a man just getting brutalized <laughs> it is awesome and he was a teacher too i think or maybe he went on to be a teacher or one or the other right shane mcmahon obviously is another one too say the hardys you yes. know yeah all those guys yeah yeah so um i got one more question here oh, okay what is the greatest tag team to never win the tag team championships in the wwf wf yeah, I feel like we might have had this question before because we might have said it was the Rockers, right? Because they didn't win the titles. No, they didn't, no. Technically. They Technic didn't, yeah. And then who um, so who were some of the tag teams? Like, did Brain Busters ever win them? Yep, they were tag team champions for a while. They beat Demolition. What about the Can-Am Connection? Did they ever uh, win them? Is that who it was? Rick Martell and... Uh, Santana. Yes, yeah, Tito again. <laughs> they were tag team champions, yes. Wow. What about the uh, Twin Towers? They were never tag team champions. No, they were a friggin' good team, too. That was Big Boss Man. And was it Akeem, or who was the second tower? Akeem. Yeah. WrestleMania Five is them and the Rockers. They had a really good match. And, of course, they were a big part of the Mega Powers storyline. We covered a little bit of this in our archives, but at this time it was Big Boss Man. He had a program with Hogan. They were fighting each other a lot. They had Steel Cage match on Saturday night's main event. By the time January came around, they were in the Royal Rumble. The Big Boss Man and Akeem eliminated Hogan from the Rumble. And then it was Hogan and Akeem versus Macho Man and Hogan leading up into WrestleMania 5. And this is the infamous match where Elizabeth gets injured and Macho Man turns on mm, Hogan. Right, okay. Uh, great question, though. Great question, and I think good answer by me. <laughs> Who do you got? Who's yours? Best tag team. It has to be the Rockers, right? Yeah. Gotta yeah. be. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think I'm on Twin Tower side now, to be honest with you. <laughs> I've talked myself into it. Well, there you go. All right, so I guess that's the end of that, hey? This is I guess so. I'm liking this. this is good banter we got going on here. You know, we've got emails just praising our banter. All over the place. Yes. They say the banter's on point. 
It's hilarious. Yeah, a perfect example of it just there. Thanks. <laughs> Time for the BWF Chronicles. Okay, so this week we are doing the Reign of Terror. So set us up. We are in 2002. We have just finished, I guess, WrestleMania 18. I guess in a sign of things to come, uh, we see that the influence of Triple H puts him and Chris Jericho on last in a show where they should not have gone on last. And indicative of the way that things are going to be for the next five or six years, which is Triple H putting himself over. He goes on last. Uh, have you ever heard a story around this time that a new writer, they'd send him to Triple H and uh, to pitch him uh, <laughs> what was going to happen on Raw that night? And he'd open his door and he'd go, uh, the guy would start speaking. He'd go, am I fucking going over or not? And the guy would just say yes or no. And if it was no, then shit would hit the fan. That's shoot. Well, That's that. shoot. Crazy. So he's always been a dick. Very good. But in this one, Triple H is saying, you know, he always put himself first, but he always told everybody to their face that, you know, I'm going over. I'm going through you. I'm going right to the top. And he wasn't lying. And we're about to go down that path. So, Aaron, start us off. Uh, where we pick up right now is the WWF in 2002, as you said. By now, uh, he's in a real-life relationship with Vince McMahon's daughter, Stephanie McMahon. Storyline-wise, they were married already. They are now divorced. They have gone their separate ways. And Triple H has come back from an injury in 2001 where he tore his quad. He came back in 2002 in January. He won the Royal Rumble. He won the championship from Chris Jericho at WrestleMania. And then one month later, he lost to Hulk Hogan. Doing what's best for business. Um, and I always kind of respected that he, you know, kind of stepped down for Hogan to have that kind of, that run. But before Triple H got injured, he was a monster heel. Like him and Stone Cold and the two-man power trip were really taken up. And like, I've gone back and looked at that stuff too. It was really good, and I I guess it seems like that the match that they were probably going for was eventually going to be WrestleMania 18, Stone Cold versus Triple H, would be my guess, was what their plan was. And then he blew out his quad, and then they did those beautiful day promos, and my God, when he came back, when Triple H came back at the Rumble, he was over as much as any babyface at that period of time, certainly. Absolutely. When he returned at Madison Square Garden, he had like, what, a five-minute long standing ovation or something like that. The crowd just went nuts for him. Everybody loved him. And it was a foregone conclusion almost that he was going to win that Rumble. But Triple H has never really been that great of a baby face. No, he's always been a natural heel. Comes across as he's trying too hard when he's a baby face to appease to the crowd. It just doesn't come as natural. And then their plans for the eventual match between him and Jericho was this really, like, the build-up to it was just really dumb, right? Like, they introduced that Triple H had this dog, and of course the dog gets killed, I think. And it's really more of a program between him and Stephanie. 
uh, Jericho's just kind of Stephanie McMahon's lackey. Like, he's not hooking up with her. There's no sexual tension or whatever between him and Steph. He's just like a bitch. And so by the time they get to WrestleMania 18, you know, there's not that much of a program for them to have. And like you said, Hogan has his match with The Rock, which is goes down in history. And after all this, after the year of waiting for Triple H to come back and win in the Rumble and main event in WrestleMania, he puts over Hogan, <laughs> loses the title a month later. From that point on, he was just had his mindset of, I'm going to protect my character no matter what. And he just buries everybody along his path, stops any new superstars from reaching, you know, that echelon status, you know, breaking the glass ceiling. Rob Van Dam. I know. Yes, I know. It's and it's so tragic, actually, because Rob Van Dam was so cool and was the only guy that managed to come out of that entire mess of the invasion angle without like without having the stank of the invasion angle on him right yeah we'll get into the invasion angle in another another time but yeah and so i think like probably what happened is vince and triple h sat down he was like paul i want i need you to put over terry he's you know he's super hot right now and then triple h said i will do that i'll give you this title reign but buddy (laughs) i'm gonna be champion for five years after that i guess we start right after this hogan stuff so Shawn michaels has been at this point has been retired for four years He's now been cleared to wrestle. He's been brought back to the WWE, and he's supposed to be part of the new NWO that consists of Shawn Michaels, Kevin Nash, X-Pac, and Big Show, and Scott Hall. Well, a month into this, Scott Hall gets fired. Kevin Nash blows his quad out. The whole thing just falls apart. So now Shawn Michaels is left in limbo. He's got no story. So, of course, they go the natural route and they pair him with Triple H. There's an episode of Raw. This is Eric Bischoff's very first episode as the Raw general manager. And he comes out and he says to Shawn Michaels he that he wants him to be the manager for Triple H. Shawn says, no, he's nobody's manager. He's nobody lackey. Go fuck yourself. And he walks off. Triple H, the next week. We'll see here in this clip, or I guess we'll listen to in this clip, goes to Shawn Michaels with with a gift. Let's go from there. Triple H wearing the uh, leather jacket, (laughs) jean jacket combo. Put that on. (laughs) Are you serious? Oh, I'm dead serious. (laughs) I'll see you in a few minutes. All right. All right. It's a bag of shit. All right, so it's just <laughs> actually a DX shirt, so that's awesome. Yeah. Now, Sean, at this point, is not cleared to wrestle as far as the fans know, right? Like, they don't know that he could ever come back. show look who's back in town 
The boys who were rebels before being a rebel was cool. Degeneration X. With that said, are you ready? I don't know where we are or not, but we better get I ready. I said, are you ready? We're ready. Then, for the thousands in attendance and for the millions watching at home, Let's get ready to suck it! Oh, what the hell? Boom! All right, so Triple H kicks Sean in the in the nuts, and Sean is just out. You remember this when this happened? Were you, you were you were watching, right? I was I was sort of back into it. This surprised me though because I thought that there was. I thought that there was this whole thing about Sean getting attacked or something, and oh, there is. Oh yeah, that still happens. So what happens? I mean, Triple H is already a heel. Where does the story go from there? Following week, Triple H is out in the middle of the ring doing a promo, and then all of a sudden, a cameraman jumps on the apron, grabs his attention, says something to him, and then Triple H runs to the back. Shawn Michaels is being carried off into an ambulance. He's been attacked. He's been put through a car window. Blood everywhere. Triple H is very concerned. So then, over the following couple of weeks after that, we have like a whodunit situation going on. We have all kinds of red herrings between the Big Show and Edge and Christian and Jericho and just a bunch of people oh, yeah. that may or may not have you know done it. And Triple H is going around trying to find the person responsible for putting Sean through the car window. So what we do now is we're going to pick it up uh, in a in-ring segment where Triple H and Bischoff are in the middle of the ring, and we are joined by Shawn Michaels via satellite, and Triple H has a message. Hey, Shawn. Hey, Honor. Shawn, uh, I don't know if you've uh, if you got my messages at all, but uh, how you doing, man? How you feeling? I got your messages and, you know, I'm, I'm doing okay. Or, well, I'm doing as okay as I can be doing for a guy that got his head thrown through a car window. Sean, um, I, feel, I feel horrible. I mean, you know, you always hear stories about people that they got in an argument with a loved one and then uh, this tragedy happens and they feel guilty about it their entire life and I just hey, couldn't feel it. Hunter, look, man, you and I are cool, all right? I want you to know that. We've had our differences in the past, I know that, but we have always, always been able to work them out between each other, man to man and face to face. I need you to know that I've, I've heard, you know, what you said over the last couple of weeks, and I got the point. All right, enough of the small talk. I mean, this satellite time isn't cheap. <laughs> wow. Listen, don't get your panties in a bunch, huh? <laughs> Sean, I've been going around this building all night trying to find out what happened, and I'm getting nowhere. I mean, did you see anything? Did you, I mean, you got any idea who did this to you? 
Hunter, the only thing I know for sure is that the guy jumped me from behind. I mean, and after that, man, I don't, I mean, I don't remember anything. I woke up in the hospital. <laughs> Sean's not doing a great Sean, job. Sean, I swear to you, and I swear in front of all these people, I'm going to find out who did this to you. And when I find out who did this, that person is a marked man. Hey, hey, Hunter, take, take it easy. The police sent me some surveillance footage. Ooh. Apparently, they had a one of those security cameras out back, uh, uh, you know, back in the parking lot. Uh, it's and they sent cameras. me the footage. And if I can get these guys here to, to set that up for me, I think if we watch this, we might possibly be able to figure out just who did this. <laughs> can you guys run that for me? They're gonna do the enhancement. You have to watch this. Up in the upper right-hand corner. It's pretty blurry, but you have to you have to watch. Okay. All right. Well, Sean is just pacing outside of a car. Oh. oh. Uh, I mean, damn, Sean, you, you can't even see anything on that. I mean, <laughs> well, that doesn't prove anything. And, Sean, you know, I've been thinking about this, and you're not safe. Whoever did this to you could do this again at any time. You need to be careful. Look, uh... <laughs> The, the modern technology that they have today is, is crazy. I don't understand it, but they've told me that <laughs> what they can do is, uh, you know, they... You ever see Sean try to use a computer? I believe him. He doesn't understand uh, this. You know, get a close-up shot of this, and then they can clear it up a little bit. So let's... Can we do that, you guys? Let's roll that. And... 2002. Pretty good. Enhance. Is that your police? No. So pixelated. Oh, wait now. Situations are coming into focus. Uh, it is Triple H. You can tell by his shirt. It was you, Hunter. An evil smile. You're damn right it was me, Sean. Wow, sounds like the audience was surprised by this. You're damn right. And I'm glad you found out. I'm glad you know the truth. You know why, Sean? I was trying to prove a point. And the point is, Sean, that you are weak. <laughs> you are vulnerable. That's why you need me, Sean. That's why you need to be by my side. That's why I wanted you as my manager, Sean, so I could protect you. Doesn't make any sense. Sean... I could have protected... Doesn't make any sense, but okay. I mean, Triple H has is notorious for this, where he will cut these long promos, and the logic of it doesn't make any sense at all. Like, And there's so many other ways he could have done this promo where he was like, maybe he was insulted that Sean wouldn't want to be his manager, and that's why he attacked him. After all, he's done for Sean. Do they, they don't do that, do they? They kind of do reference it a little bit, but it, that should have been the main forefront and focus of the promo. Like they do bring it up later on, yes, but mm -hmm. you're right. It, it should have been the very first thing I've played his mouth. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't make he's saying that he hurt Sean because Sean needed him to protect him from being hurt <laughs> so i don't know i mean like i could get on board with like this kind of with like 
bullshitty heel, you know, chicken shit logic or whatever, but that just doesn't make any sense to me. So anyways, we're not on, we're not off to a good start on this reign of terror. As far as I'm concerned, I don't want to see more triple H. What do we do next? What's going on? What happens next? (laughs) Shawn Michaels challenge to the match at SummerSlam in that promo. Well, I mean, that match is phenomenal. We watched that together at Legends in Gander, right? And it was just jaw-dropping because, I mean, I personally, even at that time, thinking I was so smart, I was like, Sean doesn't, can't wrestle. Like, he's not going to do anything. He'll probably, like, you know, do some punchy-kicky kind of stuff. And then he got up on that ladder and he did the cross himself and, like, and he did the kip-up and all that kind of shit. It was, like, awesome. I think we had the impression it was going to be shit because not many people remember this, but in the year 2000, when Sean was in charge of his own wrestling academy, when he was retired, he actually had a match against one of his students. And it was non-televised, obviously, but there is a copy of the match out there. It's like a camcorder um, quality thing, but it was pretty much kick punch, kick punch. You know, Sean didn't really do a whole lot in that match, so... Just me personally, I, I thought it was going to be the same thing. Just, you know, your basic brawl through the crowd, kick punch, super kick pedigree, one, two, three. But it was not like that. As you said, it was one of the greatest matches of all time. Shitty buildup, but man, what a fantastic match. Yeah. Five stars. Absolutely. Yeah. A match that you could watch over and over again, and we're off to the races. Now, what else happens at that SummerSlam is uh, Lesnar versus The Rock. And Lesnar wins the unified heavyweight title, undisputed heavyweight championship title. And they have this mini feud going on or mini storyline where it's Steph McMahon, who is the general manager of SmackDown, and Eric Bischoff, who's the general manager of Raw. And they have a brand split, and it's who's going to get Brock and the world title. Just to backtrack a little bit, just to cover the end of that SummerSlam match, Sean figured in real life that was going to be a one and done. So did he really? Yeah, yeah. He didn't know how his back was going to be after the match, so they just did it as it was going to be a one and done. Wow. At the end, Sean he rolls up Triple H. You know, he gets kind of the fluke win, and then Triple H grabs a sledgehammer and beats the shit out of Sean. You know, gets all the heat back. I guess protecting the character. You know, you can't lose Shawn Michaels. <laughs> yeah, a sign of things to come. It was awesome seeing Shawn win it too in that in that fashion. But yeah, Triple H certainly got his heat back right away. He did. Yeah. Now we're in between SummerSlam and Survivor Series. Shawn's off thinking that he's finished. Triple H, he gets handed the championship from Eric Bischoff. We'll just take a quick, quick watch here. Right. So this is right after SummerSlam and Brock has gone to SmackDown. So Raw needs a champion. Your accolades here in the WWE are are unbelievable. But you know what? We got a clean shave in Triple H now. To become even bigger. What do you mean by that? What's in the briefcase is what I'm wondering. Money. He's going to give him. He's going to give him. Wait a minute. The WCW title, World Championship. You may recognize this World Championship because you were the last man to officially wear it. It's been worn 
by some of the greatest champions in the history of this industry. And now, Triple H, it will be again, because, ladies and gentlemen, your new world champion, Triple H! And he does this. He does the. He was no seller until you announced it. He was like, Championship of the world. Dancing around. You know what? I um I don't hate this to be honest with you. I don't hate this. If we're if what we were gonna get to in the end was this anyways, him being handed the title is a pretty good heel move, I think. Gets Bishop over as being a snake, and it gets Triple H over as being like a real, you know, chicky shit. Not, not even chicken shit, just a, a you know, heel champ. Your thoughts? For years and years and years, I hated this so much. I hated the fact that he got handed the championship. Hated the fact that he didn't have to beat anybody. There wasn't a tournament or something like that. But... Going back this week and, you know, doing the research for this and watching this, I had to change my stance, and I actually think this is the right move. Not because it's the heelish chicken shit thing to do, but business-wise, I think it was the right thing to do. Because right now, we have the, the brand split. We have SmackDown and Raw. Raw's kind of thin on the roster side right now. If Triple H has goes through a tournament and beats everybody, or if he's in a match like a fatal four way, or if he's beating whoever, all the top stars they have, he's already beaten. Yeah. So now, now are we going to tune into the show to see someone he's he's already beaten try to go for the championship? It makes no sense. Mm -hmm. I actually agree with what we see here. Yeah, that's a that's a smart point, and I agree. Yeah, because I mean now we even though Raw's roster somehow managed to get really thinned out in that brand split, I guess it's because the NWO is gone, and they were like the number one or two pick, right? So all those guys are gone. Stone Cold is not anywhere around now. That's right. Yeah, Jericho's on SmackDown, and Ben was hurt. Ben was hurt. Yeah, so yeah, it was like really, really thin. But you do have Rob Van Dam, who could have been right there. But yeah, great point. So it sort of gets the title on Triple H without anybody else having to be buried. And it also gets him over as a heel champion. So not a bad move. But, you know, again, pretty indicative of, <laughs> of what's to come or what is happening. So what happens next? What happens to our <laughs> new world champion, Triple H? So our new world champion, Triple H, is having a mini storyline program with Kane at this point. Right, because is this where they are um, collapsing all the titles into themselves now? They're getting rid of, like, all of the bloated titles. Yeah, they're getting rid of the IC title, the heart title, everything. So right. It's, right now on the show, you only have... The world title and the tag title, which is ridiculous. And the women's title, right? But yeah, it's crazy. It's sacrilegious that they got rid of the uh, IC title for as long as they did. Really ridiculous. So in the process of doing that, Triple H's first main guy is Kane. And they do like a pretty straight ahead program, right? It's more like about might versus might. Who's the stronger guy? They don't really get into any silliness or anything else. No head games. It's really just a match of who is the better competitor. If only. 
we find out Kane has a girlfriend back years and years ago. They get into a car accident. She dies. Her name is Katie Vick. Once this information came out and Triple H found out about Kane's girlfriend dying in a car crash, Triple H thought it would be funny to dress up as Kane, go into a funeral home, and fuck a mannequin that's in a casket. Kane is still wearing the mask at this point, right? Kane's entire backstory doesn't make any fucking sense at all. Like, where is the time for him to have a girlfriend? I thought he was locked up by the Undertaker and a fire that the Undertaker started that burned Kane. Like, where does where does Kane's girlfriend fit into the timeline of the Kane character? Aaron, I ask you. When Kane was a little kid, the Undertaker started a fire that Kane always thought he started, which burned down the funeral home, killed. Taker and Kane's parents. At this point, Undertaker also thought Kane was burned alive in the fire, but Paul Bearer saved Kane and took Kane away and pretended that he was Kane's father or acted like he was the father. He self-taught Kane. He obviously taught Kane how to drive so that Kane could get a driver's license. So apparently at some point in this uh, secluded, and but see, I don't was Kane wearing the mask at the time of Katie Vick? Did he wear the mask when he had the girlfriend? I don't know because apparently he's always worn the mask, right? Because the scars, even though we would later come to find out we're on the inside, uh, he still thought that he was all scarred up. And then, but I thought that Paul said that he actually banged the Undertaker's mom, and so he was actually Kane's father or was that disproven that's right so yeah we do learn that paul bear is actually kane's father yeah but well, maybe we should go back and listen to that promo sometime because that's great that's great stuff paul bear yeah. calling him a whore all oh, that, that yeah yeah we'll have to do the deep dive of whether or not kane's storyline makes sense uh soon but uh, in the meantime here we are in this weird world where kane is driving around Paul's car, I guess, out on a date with Katie Vick. I guess let's just watch. Triple H, I have only one question for you. You can kind of see in everybody's eyes that they're not very excited about what they got to do here. <laughs> Even Coachman is not pumped. You can look at Coachman's eyes. And he's like, everybody's <laughs> dead inside, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Did psychopath, oh. some kind of sick freak. Believe me. Only a man like Kane could do the type of thing I'm about to show you on this videotape. Now I gotta warn you, this is not for the squeamish. Roll the footage. Is anyone here? <laughs> Hello, it's me, Kane. Is anyone here? It's Triple H wearing the Kane mask. Triple H approaching the casket. Hello, Katie. He looks so good. Katie, you might look better dead than you did alive. That's hard. You know, Katie, it didn't have to be like this. You didn't have to die. If you'd have just given me what I wanted, if you'd have just let me touch you, Katie, in that car, if you'd have just let me touch you. 
that I wouldn't have swerved and gone off the road, and you would still be alive. Oh yes, you God. would. Yes, you would. Don't. No. No. You would too. You would still be alive, and it's your fault. That's right. That's right. It is your fault, and you know it. Because I loved you, Katie. And you, you didn't love me when you were alive because I was some burnt up freak. Okay, so that answers that, that question, I guess. Really? Now that you're, you're dead, you want me? I want you too, Katie. I've always wanted you, Katie. Look at you. I want you more than ever now in your cheerleader uniform. I used to watch you bounce up and down. Panties would show. You know, if you want me and I want you, then there's no reason that we shouldn't. <laughs> Blurred out him touching the breast. That's <laughs> you like that, huh? I gotta say, uh, Triple H is doing this all in one take right now. There's no cutting away or anything like that. So, props to him. The other hand too. Oh yeah, that's good. You know, kid. feel kind of stiff. Speaking of stiff, maybe it's talking about the dick. Maybe I should do what I've always wanted to do. You want me to? I thought you'd never ask, but I understand now. You you can't resist me. Maybe you should take off some clothes too, Katie. Maybe maybe I should. What's he pulling out here? Oh, bra. This will help. Doesn't make any sense, but okay. I bet it feels good to have them free, does it? Oh yes, it's. The bra just can't. Does. The bra was not okay. You know, Katie. Pennies that I always saw in your skirt. You won't be getting these. Was <laughs> he gonna smell them? <laughs> Hell yeah. Big pop. Oh, I love the smell of formaldehyde in the morning. Big pop. People are laughing at this. give you what you want and I'm gonna take <laughs> what I always wanted his underwear selection here is uh, fantastic yeah I'm gonna give you what you always wanted Katie tell me
What's going on here? I don't remember this. Is this actually part of the thing? So they're just sort of going to these sort of fuzzy dream shots of the candles cutaways. I hope that was as good for you as it was for me. What's that? I did? You're kidding me. I really did? I did? Oh my god. I did. I really did it. I screwed your brains out. Nice. And he's laughing. Okay, so that was pretty awful. That was, I gotta say, he reached into what her head, and it was cake, obviously. But he pretended it was brains, and he's like, "I screwed your brains out," and he threw it at the camera. Like, oh my god, that was disgusting. That was disturbing, wrong on every level. Don't know why they ever did that on TV. How yeah. they got? Oh my man, wow. It doesn't make any sense either. Like again, like it just doesn't make any sense in storyline of. Triple H building up this video, and it's obviously him doing it. And they cut back after the video's done, he's laughing about it. But he still got down to his underwear and banged a like head. Like, how is that making fun of Kane that Triple H <laughs> pretended to have sex with a dead body? <laughs> like, I don't understand, you know. Like, do you do you understand what I'm saying? Like, where where does the heat? It'd be like if I was like, "Hey, Aaron, I heard you fucked a dog," and then it cut to me pretending to be you fucking a dog. Like, how does yeah. that burn you? <laughs> yeah, burn. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> you know, and everybody knows that it's me. Nobody believes that it's you doing it. So I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't. It really doesn't. Oh, my God. Classic moment. Classic moment. I'm so glad that we decided to uh, do this storyline. Obviously, Triple H goes over after a moment like that. He has to win. <laughs> and, he, and he takes down the big red machine, who would have to undergo a serious character transformation to get his heat back. His character was fucking dead after this. Such a monster from 1997 until this point. And then Triple H killed him. In about six minutes, character. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, insanity. So the rain continues on. You see, yeah. So we go into Survivor Series of this year. Shawn Michaels has decided that his back is good. He wants to come back full time. And Eric Bischoff announces on Raw that we're going to see the first ever Elimination Chamber. Some of the participants include Rob Van Dam, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Kane, Booker T. Jericho and more. In this match, Triple H shows how tough he is again. In you know, when he tore his quad in, in that match, that tag team championship match, he continued, he finished it. You know, he was in pain, but he, he yeah. finished it. In this elimination chamber match, he actually gets his throat, his larynx crushed for real by Rob Van Dam. Uh Van Dam jumped off the top of the chamber pod. And his leg would go across his throat and crush it. And Triple H would actually end up finishing the match. So it's crazy. And yeah, I mean, all sort of jokes and thoughts aside, he is tough guy and definitely 
could stick it out. And I'd imagine that the Rob Van Dam thing, while not as visual or as long sustaining in terms of an injury, I mean, really dangerous to have your your throat crushed in the middle of a match and then still stay in it, you know? Yeah, like you're trying to fucking breathe, man. Like you're sucking gas. Like it's crazy. Yeah, insane. Yeah. But, you know, um, I guess they figured, hey, here's a reward for Shawn Michaels for coming back. Yeah, and Triple H agreed to job the belt to Shawn Michaels. Right, because he's not going to job it to anybody else. And so, and there's nobody else, I don't think, right? So, I mean, if not to, <laughs> it, uh, you know, if if not to Shawn, then to who? Exactly. But it wouldn't be long-lived. This would only be a month-long reign for Shawn. These guys would go into Armageddon in a three stages of hell match. It would be the first match would be a street fight. The second would be a cage. And the third would be a ladder. Best two out of three. Hmm. And these three stages of hell matches are always the same. Like, I'd like to see one. And maybe you know this. You're the more the historian than me. But has there ever been a three stages of hell match that only went to two? That's a good question. There have been best two out of three matches that have only gone to two, but as far as the three stages of hell, no, I do believe all of them have gone the full three stages. Hmm. Triple H's character is evolving a bit more. He is uh, resurrecting Ric Flair's career as he kills Kane's. He's bringing back the Nature Boy. Ric Flair was a shell of his former self, and you could see it on screen. Said he did, yeah, you're right. You didn't have that confidence in him anymore. He was literally carrying Triple H's bags at this point backstage in real life. Just a you know, a low point in Flair's career. The only reason why he's there is because of Triple H. Flair's not Flair. But he's on his way back, thanks to Trips. And now the game. So here's the match, and uh they of course have gotten to the third match, which is the latter match. Yeah, this wasn't really talked about a whole lot, you know, especially compared to the SummerSlam match. But this is a really good match. Yeah, it, go, it goes under the radar, I guess, because you have the the first match back, and then everybody remembers the Elimination Chamber match. Oh, super kick. So you got two banger pay-per-view wins, one after another. Then you got this one here. Which on paper is like competitive for those other matches too. But I mean, it's the third time that we're seeing these guys now. It's a good way to blow off the feud though. Good way to end the feud. Yeah, yeah. And now this is Shawn Michaels' last world title, isn't it? Very last one ever, yeah. It's so crazy, man. Like to think about it, that this is the last reign. And he would go on to wrestle for another, what, eight years? Yeah, but he never needed the title. Like, he, and he was in really, really good programs that entire time too. Sounds good to win the title, but then Triple H comes. Ugh. Multiple table. Oh my god. But yeah, so Sean went over the top rope when he was on the ladder and just went through like four tables. Triple H will go and get back the title here again, World Heavyweight Championship, and as we've discussed, like. He doesn't really have anybody. He doesn't really have anybody to feud with now. So they have to start thinking outside the box. Who are we going to bring in? Who can we bring in to work with Triple H? And the man that they <laughs> land on 
to be a baby face. Before you get there, you have an important step tonight as you and X Division champion Petey Williams take on the unlikely duo of the Kurt mathematician Angle and himself. You know, they say all men are created equal, but you look at me and you look at Small Joe, and you can see that statement is not true. See, normally if you go one on one with another wrestler, you got a 50 50 chance of winning. But I'm a genetic freak and I'm not normal. So you got a 25% at best at beating me. And then you add Kurt Angle to the mix, your chances of winning drastically go down. down. See, the three way at sacrifice, you got a 33 and a third chance of winning. But I, I got a 66 and two thirds chance of winning because Kurt Angle knows, knows he, can't he can't beat me, me. and he's not even going to try. So, small Joe, you take your 33 and a third chance minus my 25% chance, and you got an eight and a third chance of winning at sacrifice. And it's too bad because that match never happened, so we don't know whether or not the math actually would come true. But on paper, I believe people have said that whatever Scott is, is rhyming off there actually mathematically <laughs> works out one way or another. In case you haven't figured out who we're talking about, it's a Scott Steiner. Big Papa Pump. Who, when we last saw him, was super over in WCW, but as a heel, like not babyface material. People had not come around to liking him ironically yet, you know, like we would hear in, in that previous promo, the math promo. <laughs> and uh, man, looking back at this now, I mean, watching it as it happened sucked. Like it sucked. But yeah, Scott Steiner is who. Whisper something nice! Now, he... Cherry Poppins. Like, is he going to be able to pull off a sentence? I don't think so. Things just went south, Eric. You've beaten a lot of guys. But you can't beat me. Wow, Batista took that gimmick. Scott, oh. I, I, I thought we had an understanding, man. I, the only understanding is this crowd check says I get a world title <laughs> shot. If not, I'm out of here. <laughs> now, I said world title shot. He said Royal Rumble. I say tonight. Tonight? Oh, man. Absolutely, get it on. See, why don't I bitch slap you right now? Because <laughs> there's not a damn thing you can do about it. I really believe they don't know that he's about to say any of this stuff. Like, I think this is, they're like, didn't plan for any of this. No, <laughs> he's probably just going ad lib and... For the people who don't know who Scott Steiner is, this man is just a beefed up fucking dude, man. Like his muscles are as big as my head. He wears fucking chainmail as a hat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Definitely got roids, roid problems, and he would always say that they would uh, WWE would be like, "We're gonna test you uh, for." steroid use and he would say okay i'll go in for that test but i'm gonna go in and get tested at st thomas triple h and according to him uh, he never heard back from them 
again after that. So I don't know. But I mean, he's definitely juiced at this point. Juiced to this day. You're supposed to be a tough guy. You take the first punch. Take the first punch and see what happens. Because I will rip you from limb to limb. Oh, boy. Here we go. The game's not going to back down for Scott Steiner. Yes, he's going to skedaddle. You know he will. What effect is this first punch going to have? Is the game going to get ripped? it's a decent start to the feud so far i'm into it yeah yeah i mean again like it's dangerous you have no idea what scott's saying what he's gonna say oh my god the world's champion and scott starter nose to nose are gonna get it on here what's funny triple h smiling They're touching nose to nose. <laughs> Come on, take the first punch, Triple H. He's giving you a free throw. He's giving you a free shot. Triple H is backing up. Triple H is leaving the ring. He's, Triple H has backed out of the ring and is leaving the square circle. What are you doing? He was going to let you hit him first. You're not the man. You're not Big Papa Pup. You're not the big bad booty daddy. You're not Freakzilla. That's right. What the hell is he doing? And I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> they are. So this goes to all my freaks in Orlando. Big Papa Pumps, you hook up. Holler in the air, He's cool. I remember being very excited about this. Very excited to see him come back. Yeah, very excited to see him. He's one of these guys that uh, could have been involved in the invasion storyline and and may have, like, I mean, he could have led the entire story. It could have changed everything, but he obviously had a pretty good contract and didn't want to sign for less like uh, DDP or, or Booker T did. I mean, he played his time right. If he had waited a bit longer, it would have been after Goldberg and uh, people would have been ex- as excited. So he sort of just snuck right in there. Uh, I remember in his first promo back, he always was like, well, everybody else sitting at home eating potato chips. I've been working out. And like, you know, he was Jack, but he was not working out wrestling. That's for sure. Because he, as the saying goes, everything sounded great, but then the bell rang and exactly i mean at this point they might be thinking when they're bringing him in at survivor series you got to think that they're going okay so this could be triple h's you know wrestlemania match at wrestlemania 19. maybe but i mean they wrestled at royal rumble and then the no way out so i don't think they would have done the three matches you don't think well i mean triple h won two of them i think that it had scott come out at the royal rumble match looking better then maybe they could have seen him winning at the next pay-per-view. But the match at the Royal Rumble, all he was doing was belly-to-belly suplexes pretty much, right? Yeah, yeah, that was it. It was awful. It was an awful, awkward, just wacky match. 
Yeah, it was really, really bad. The crowd hated it. But the lead up to that match is probably as bad, if not worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, these are two body guys. And so what do they do? How do they uh, build up to it? Let's have an arm wrestling match. Love it. Yes. Good old school stuff. I can see Rick talking to Paul in the back. Chips, I got a great idea. We used to do this down in, in Deep South. <laughs> it's always got over in the Carolinas. We'll have you do an arm wrestling match. This could very well be a trap. Bring it! Look at the size of that arm. It is freakish. There's Triple H. There's no slouch either when it comes to bicep, but... They're two muscle men, and the only difference is, there, is uh, Triple H has muscles and he's smart, and Scott Steiner has muscles and Referee he's Jack Don't in the ring, I think. <laughs> but Scott Steiner's the baby face. It's gonna be the real deal. All right, they're linking up. Nice intensity. Chips is struggling. Scott's not really putting it over. Scott's, I mean, the muscles are crazy. Well, Chips is winning. Oh, Scott was playing possum. Smiling at him. And now with he, he's squirming around. <laughs> boom boom and he wins can't believe it he wants to go again and boom and he wins and he wins and he wins and it's good i mean chips is doing chips is doing his part right here for sure he has a shirt on the back this is no foreplay <laughs> Triple H. <laughs> wow, man. <laughs> what a thing to brag about. Okay, and then from there, we go to another classic strongman program moment, I guess. Definitely reminiscent of the Ultimate Warrior Rick Rude. I think this might be the first time we've seen a pose down since Warrior and Rude. But this is where we are now. We have Triple H and Scott Steiner in the middle of the ring, and they are going to show us their stuff. All right, guys. Guys, it's time to get started. There's going to be those three poses, but keep in mind, each pose is only 15 seconds. 15 All right, seconds. Coach, that's great. In the, uh, in the Ultimate Warrior one, like, was the Warrior reluctant to do the pose down? Did he think it was dumb to have to do it? Because, like, that's what, a, you know, the good guy should be like, this is stupid. Like, why are we posing? Let's fight. No, uh, Rick Rude went first and the crowd booed him. And then Warrior would show him up and the crowd would go nuts. Go nuts for him. So Warrior was into it and Scott Steiner is into it too. So we got uh, Triple H just slowly taking off shit. He is bronzed to hell here. And I got the world title on. Hold on, let me take this off so you can see my abs. There you go. <laughs> That's some serious hardware, folks. That's what it's going to be all about. He just put that 
He just kind of waves that uh, world title belt in front of good, Big Papa Pump. Oh, look, look at this. The, the, the miracle Big Papa Pump didn't pop it. There's some abs for you, a six-pack. If you're all set, here we go. Oh, we can hit the lights, are. and we'll begin. And the, the lights go down. This is, is the front double bicep. This McMahon is just loving this. Front double bicep. <laughs> look at the form, look at it. television this sucks this is so bad. all right guys the second pose is going to be the side chest the side chest go ahead i think big papa pump bicep was bigger than triple h's head i'm really surprised at how small scott steiner looks in terms of height oh my god look at <laughs> what is going on here well, like they're going at the same time right so you're saying that like with the with the ultimate warrior and rick rude they would go one after the other so everybody could boo the heel and then cheer the good guy but these guys are going at the same time so there's no reaction no it's very confusing to the crowds very yeah. confusing viewers guys okay. guys like we're gonna let the judges decide and now the judge, I mean, this is uh -oh. just ridiculous. Bad segment. Guys, we're going to let the judges decide. Guys, back it up. All right. We're going to start down here with judge number one, guys. With judge number one. <laughs> no name, no Both introduction. Scott Who the hell is this guy? Or Triple H. Judge number one, please. Uh, Triple H. Now, Triple H Triple has H. very nice placards with his logo and judge stuff on two. it. And Scott Steiner's. Triple H. Wait a minute. Judge number three. This is unanimous. Triple H. Judge number four. Triple H. Judge number five. I'm not a bodybuilding judge, JR, but I don't think it could be this lopsided. Uh, Come on. Judge number six. That's a little fishy here. Something's up. Wait a minute. Here's the Scott. What? Unanimous. Steiner didn't get a vote. Oh my God! This is a, almost a ten-minute art segment. Well, I don't know what to say. I guess the winner of this pose. Oops! Here we go. This is uh -oh. about to pick up. Steiner's got something to say. All right. You tell me. Not one of you voted for me. He won. Everyone. The rest got every vote. You tell me this ain't a setup. You don't know these guys? You never met before in your life. It is very subjective, King. But you know. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll let all my freaks here in Phoenix oh decide who the real winner is. Let's hear this vote. <laughs> <laughs> Have spoken loudly. Holly in the Emmy. They're hollering. You ain't got that right. And it's not going to be hollering to rumble. Now you go up and see who thinks you if you won or not. <laughs> he did not know yeah. how he was Let's going to end the sentence when he started saying that. I love him though.
<laughs> so, <laughs> that's a nice little moment there. So I don't need Triple H tried to get the mic because he was going to speak next, and uh, Scott gave it to Coach, oh. who just gave it to Triple H. <laughs> this is the judging panel right here. Unanimously across the board, they said I was the winner. This is as fair as any Mr. Olympia judging panel that I have ever seen. Now, listen, I can understand that you're a little bit embarrassed. Uh-oh. Here's a judging panel for you. As these fans here in Phoenix working their remarks toward the game are I can champion. understand that you and your freaks are a little bit embarrassed that you got beat, I mean, clean, right through. So, listen, hey, I understand. Bodybuilding is a subjective sport. You know, it's apples and oranges. Listen, I know, I'll, I'll make the excuses for you, all right? It's an opinion. These people think I'm better than you. Fans here in Phoenix have an opinion. Listen to them. When it gets to Boston, you when do you hear the opinion of those freaks? Oh yeah, there's some freaks in Boston. Oh, I'll tell you what. <laughs> let's come up with something that's a little more objective. We're watching you every still moment aren't of this convinced show. You that I'm better, the better not man? edit this out. Let's come up with another contest. Let's say this is the only way that our podcast listeners will know what it was like to go through the reign of terror. That's your gimmick. That's what you do. You're the guy that does push-ups. That's what you do, right? Well, I say this, one for one, we do push-ups, because I know when it comes to push-ups, I'll smoke you. Push-up competition, which is something that I've utilized in my life many times, and I guess this is where I was influenced by. Shut up, coach! Shut up, coach! Yeah, shut up, coach! Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, None of it makes any sense, man. Like, what did they plan? Like, were they like, fuck, this is stupid. It doesn't make any sense. It, they all knew to attack Scott, and now Scott is obviously going over on them. But, like, why would they attack him? Why would they, why would they do that? Even if they were in Triple H's back pocket, you know. This Steiner was going uh, to beat Triple H in the push-up competition, so they attacked him so he couldn't. Well, how did they, did they say in the back, like, all right, after you guys uh, say that I'm going to win, now Scott's going to be suspicious, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, all right, Scott, me and you, push-up contest. And then when we do the push-up contest, attack <laughs> him, maybe. I remember as this is going on, going like, I don't think this is going to be good. <laughs> I think this match is gonna be good. Fucking trash. WWE, even though they slotted Scott into this spot immediately, I think that even they were surprised with how bad it was going. And I mean, Scott had his two matches at the main event and then never even sniffed it, I don't think, after that. You know, he was with Test doing the testicles gimmick and, and that didn't make any sense either. The storyline of that was like, who gets to abuse Stacy Keebler more? Like that, <laughs> that's what they were fighting over. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, so weird. So they, yeah, so they had those two matches, and then Scott Steiner, like I said, is quickly cycled out of the main event, and now isn't that he would be gone in a year's time? Yeah, 
Uh, but in the meantime, Triple H trips doesn't know uh, doesn't have anybody to defend his title against at WrestleMania 19. No, they don't. Or no, he doesn't. So they have a battle royal to determine who wins the number one contendership and championship match against Triple H at WrestleMania. The winner of that battle royal was none other than Booker T. And he would eliminate The Rock to do so. Yes, and that was that was a great moment. It was that a great was... moment. It was like, oh my God, wow, finally this guy's going to get his chance. And what's the storyline that, that they decide to go with for that match? Like, what's the angle that they decide to choose? They decide to present the storyline as Booker T being a person who has fought to get everything his whole entire life. He's been to jail. You know, he's he's been through it all. Triple H, is, on the other hand, he's had everything handed to him. He's, you know, been born with a silver spoon in his mouth, hasn't had to work for anything. And just because he married the boss's daughter, he's the champ, you know, getting all this opportunity. So that's what they just, that's, that's what they try to go with. But it quickly turns into something that is, uh, it's very race undertones. And maybe not even undertones. And, you know, this is a different time. Even back then, it, there was a lot of questions about whether or not they should be going down this path. But they do. <laughs> and so what happens? What, what's the, when's the official sort of declaration that they're going to be making this about a white and black um, sort of thing? They try to mask it as Booker T being a WCW superstar, and that's what they're referring to when we hear this promo, when Triple H says you people and stuff like that, but it's clearly not. It, it's clearly a bit race. And we're going to hear a promo. Booker T is coming here talking about his battle royal when Triple H interrupts him. And we are going to realize right away where this storyline is going to go. Sunday, March 30th, safe coat field in Seattle. Triple H sizing up the competition. Over 50,000 fans have already bought tickets for this WrestleMania, and they're still buying them. Booker, I, I, I think you're a little bit confused about your role in life here. I think you're a little bit confused. You see, Booker, you're going to get to go to WrestleMania, but you see, the fact is, Booker, Somebody like you doesn't get to be a world champion. Wow. Holy shit. I mean, he looks him up and like down. People like you don't deserve it. That's reserved for people like me. <laughs> See, look, that's where the confusion Ric is. smiling. Ric Flair noted is, racist. You, you're not here to be a competitor. You're here to be an entertainer. That's what you do. You entertain people. Hell, you entertain me all the time. Go ahead, Book. Why don't you entertain? Go ahead. Do a little dance for me, Book. Dance? Go ahead. Give me one of those spinneroonies. Come on, Book, dance. Entertain me. That's your job. Don't be embarrassed. 
Come on, book. That's what you do. You're here to make people like me laugh. He's not laughing. Nor should he. Your job is to make people like me laugh, and you're very good at it. But not really. With your nappy hair oh, and my. your suckers. Oh my God. I didn't uh, Hell, remember he went I was laughing all week long after you won that 20 man over the top broke battle royal. I laughed my ass off thinking about you challenging me for the World Heavyweight Championship. I remember go That's him going this hard. Imagine if he did this today. I can't You've imagine. The I can't believe that he still is like the leader WCW of the WWE champion. I get all that. But let's face it, that place was a joke, Book. Rick, correct me if I'm wrong here, Nate, but when Booker T was WCW champion, wasn't that around the same time frame that other illustrious superstars such as David Arquette and guys like some guy named Vince Russo was champ? Ouch. Right? Let's face it, Book. You championship that place right into the ground. Now, I'll give you this. You have your moments. Last week, when you threw the rock over the top rope. Hell, that was a moment. But think about it for a sec, book. What does that give you? What do you get? You're gonna go to WrestleMania. This this is not some nickel and dime fly-by-night gig, but this is the real deal. This is WrestleMania. This is the biggest show on the earth. This is the big daddy of them all. And you're gonna go, and you're gonna be in the main event, and you are gonna wrestle the greatest professional wrestler alive on this planet today. You are gonna wrestle the game. You are going to step in the ring with the be-all, end-all of this business. And Book, when you get there, you're going to do what people like you always do. You're going to lose. The same joke that I've been making this entire show, which is, of course, after a burial like that, Booker T would go on to handedly beat Triple H at WrestleMania 19 and show the world that Triple H was wrong and everything that he said. But let's not waste anybody's time. It's the reign of terror. Triple H destroys Booker T at WrestleMania. It's crazy how many careers Triple H ruined in this time frame. We mentioned it earlier. I'll say it again. It's crazy. Um, Booker T... I, I he, he, he will not recover from this promo, like, ever. <laughs> no. I mean, he has to start being a king and talking in an accent after, you know, in order to win his gold, finally win the championship. And so I got to play this as our last clip for this first part of the Reign of Terror. Like, the match Booker T, Triple H, like, you know, it wasn't even close, you know? There was no heat restored. We started this with 
Triple H getting his heat back from losing to Shawn Michaels immediately that started this whole thing off. It's not even close. So I just want to go over the uh, finish of his match with Booker T at WrestleMania 19. Contender, oh, the please. world's champion. Big pedigree. And he lies down. By God, out of desperation. But it was a thunderous pedigree. Perfectly done by the world's champion. That's a mark of a true champion, JR. And he's when you can down and he's just crawling. And pull out a move like that. Crawling. One, one-handed pin. Like, there was like 20 seconds, literally, between Triple H hitting it and then crawling over and pinning Book with one arm. Put the one hand over your opponent. <laughs> and especially after the storyline that they had going in, you know? It's just insane. So, if there was any doubt... You could make excuses like, okay, Shawn Michaels, he can't be around forever. We didn't know if Shawn would have another match after the SummerSlam one. He came back. He had his little title thing. Triple H immediately got it back. Okay, Scott Steiner comes in. He sucks. You know, he's a liability. He can't go. Uh, you know, there's no harm. It's, you know, they made the right choice in not putting it on Scott Steiner. But it's with this Booker T match that I think collectively as fans, we go, oh, this isn't going to end anytime soon. No. I mean, even back then, society was different, but I mean, even us fans knew this shit was wrong. I mean, this whole fucking, it was, I don't even want to say, man, like even, even looking back on it right now, I'm astonished at the shit that he said. Like the, the the hair comment and like everything else. I mean, how the fuck did USA even let that air? On, I don't like, know. I, I don't. I don't get it. Yeah, and he would have other problems too, where he was talking about Booker T's like going to jail and his gang life. Like, I mean, it was very. I mean, I'm with you. I thought that it was way more subtle uh, <laughs> than what it was instead of like being so blatant. I can't believe you said nappy hair. Um, there was a radio host, Don. Can't remember his name. He was on uh, he was on WNBC, and he got fired. Don Imus got fired for referring to the women's basketball team as nappy headed hoes. And Triple H said this in a promo, and then went on to beat the guy <laughs> at WrestleMania, and like and that that win hurt the black community so bad that when that this is what everybody had on their in the back of their mind when Kofi Kingston was going for his match against Daniel Bryan 16 years later. But at least, thank God, Daniel Bryan did the job and Kofi went over. That was a great moment. But yeah, absolutely, everybody had that in the back of their mind, for sure. Well, you know what, Aaron? I am uh, I'm sensing that that we're not going to look back at this reign of terror with any sort of rose-colored glasses. I don't think it's going to age very well. <laughs> oh, it's actually gotten worse. <laughs> so we, we'll come back to that because, I mean, we're just getting started really with it. But next week will be just something else completely different. We'll, you know, on occasion come back and, and see what's going on with our buddy Trips. Yeah, but for now, next week... Looking forward to it. I think we're going to to do 
Jerry the King Lawler versus Andy Kaufman. I, I know that when we were doing our Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt episode, you know, going back to the old Memphis stuff, I was really intrigued. I'm curious. I want to see more. I know the Andy Kaufman and Jerry Lawler stuff transcended wrestling into the pop culture world, and it was a huge, a huge deal back in the day. David Letterman, yeah, they were on on there. Well, there's so much to to dissect and get into. There's even a movie made after it, Man in the Moon. Jim Carrey was in it. You may have heard mm-hmm. of it. But yeah, we're going to do a deep dive into Kaufman and Lawler, and it's going to be some good shit. I can't wait. Until then, once again, thank you very much. Enjoy this thoroughly, Aaron. Take us home. Folks, sorry that we had to put you through part one of the Reign of Terror. Sorry that we're going to put you through some more parts in the future. But we need to, as historians, you know, explore and deep dive into all aspects of the professional wrestling history. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Next week... It will be very, very good, I promise. But until then, peace, love, chicken grease. (laughs) Take it easy. And uh, yeah, have a great week, everyone. Bye.